0: This is The Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure,
1: but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the Masculine Journey. The Masculine Journey
2: starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today. And Robbie, I've got a question for you. We are 19 eves away from something. Any idea what that might be? <laughs> My daughter's birthday.
1: <laughs> Which happens to be the 4th of July, just to no, say. No, no not 19... 19- Nineteen Eves. Nineteen Eves. Boot camp. Bo- yes. Oh, oh man. That's horrible. Yeah, it is 19-day eve before, what, February 16th through the 19th. I wanted or to say July. the day February. right. Just so- <laughs> oh, no.
2: July, not February. <laughs> Robbie's apparently going to take some medicine. I don't know what's going on. But, but the boot camp is July 16th through 19th. His birthday, daughter's birthday is apparently July 4th which is an eve in between there. That's not. Sorry, that's not what I was going for. That kind of backfired. But uh, we, we are 19 days away for boot camp. So uh, go register for the Baskin Journey Boot Camp coming up uh, July 16th through the uh, 19th and uh, 16th, 20th, 16th through 20th. Whatever, it's four days. It starts on Thursday, ends on Sunday. Sixteen through nineteen, and so the, this week, don't blame me. You know, I, I'm just part of the uh, process. So th- this week we're uh, we're talking about uh, uh, we're continuing to talk about a, a trilogy. Now, you know, sometimes our shows we think is a, a one time show. I remember we did the uh, the pillars of man, which we thought was like four episodes. It ended up being like I don't know four months. <laughs> but twenty four pillars, we could have built anything we wanted on top of it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was amazing. God kind of continues to take us on a journey. And so we started a few weeks ago, Rodney kind of brought the the topic of guilt to us and we thought, okay, it's a one week thing. We'll talk about guilt. Everybody kind of deals with it, that type of thing. And then shame came next. And then from that came this week's topic, which is blame, you know? And so we continue, we think this is the last week of the topic, but God will let us know whether we want to continue on with it. But, uh, Darren, I want to go ahead and jump to you real quick and throw you a question I didn't prepare you for because you know I like to do that. That's awesome. So, for people out there, shame and blame, they can almost sound interchangeable, but they're not the same thing, are they?
3: No, and thanks for throwing that really deep question at me. Uh, Thankfully, we did have like two seconds of conversation about it earlier, so I won't sound like a total poser when I answer (laughs) the question. But in February, February. yeah, yeah, exactly. Jesus? Jesus is the answer to every question. (laughs) Um, You know, shame, I think, is more of what I do when I'm trying to motivate someone else to action right? I'm shaming them so they'll stop something or they'll do something. Blame is shifting away from my need for for action. I mean, if I need to change something in my own life, if I spend enough time blaming you, I don't have to worry about me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, whereas shame is trying to motivate you to action, I think blame is really me avoiding action I need to take.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so we we shame people, hoping that they'll take on some type of guilt for what they've done. Blame, we just don't care whether they take it on or not. We're still going to throw it their way, right? And so there's something different there. And so I want to get to a clip. We've got some clips, some some oldies but goodies, ones that we've used before in different contexts, but it's kind of amazing how God will recycle these and say, hey, this actually applies to this, too, or it applies here. So, Jim, why don't you set up the first clip from the uh, movie The, the, Blues, the Brothers. Blues
0: Brothers? The Blues Brothers. Jake is encountering... Uh, Carrie Fisher, who he left at the altar, and she is extremely heavily armed, and they are trying to get away, and she's between them and escape.
4: Oh, please don't kill us! Please, please don't kill us! You know I love you, baby! I wouldn't leave you! It wasn't my fault! You miserable slug! You think you can talk your way out of this? You betrayed me! No, I didn't! Honest! I ran out of gas. I had a flat tire. I, I didn't have enough money for cab fare. My touch didn't come back from the cleaners. An old friend came in from out of town. Someone stole my car. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Locust. it wasn't my fault, I swear to God!
2: <laughs> so, so definitely one aspect of, of blame is, is trying to shift guilt away from me right so i'm going to take your attention off of me and what i did and put it somewhere else which is what he's doing there now now harold you just watched this uh, movie this last weekend right it now i'm assuming it's not the first time that you've seen it
5: no it's not uh it's sort of a favorite movie of my son and myself and he thought it would be a good idea to celebrate father's day by us watching the movie so we did but i so relate to jake because uh I'm, I'm very good at blaming others, uh, like I need to get to the church building early to get set up for PowerPoint and so forth, and it's always late, but it's not my fault. <laughs> my wife didn't get ready in time, or the guy that's driving 15 miles an hour below the speed limit that's in front of me in an area where I can't pass, it's always somebody else's fault. It's not mine. I'm perfect.
2: And you do realize your wife listens to the show.
5: Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah she'll, she'll nail me good on that. But, she, she, but just like Jack said, I love you, baby. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. So that, that's one aspect of blame, and there's lots of aspects that we're going to cover today on the show and then on the after hours because the enemy uses this tool as much as he does anything else because he has a lot of different uses for it, and they may come from different sources. But but the goal is all the same, to drive you away from healing, restoration, union with God, those types of things. And so, Darren, I would like for you to set up this next clip uh, from our new favorite. Yeah, Brene Brown. Is that how? That's yeah, right? you
3: guys were calling her Brene Sauce earlier, but um, <laughs> Brene Brown. We've used her clips uh, or a clip from her the last two weeks in a row, and there's a reason for that. And if if you've never listened to Brene Brown. You can go. She's got a lot of stuff on YouTube and Vimeo and stuff. She's done a lot of TED Talks, and you can just look up Brene, B-R-E-N-E, Bray, Brown. And uh, she does a lot of stuff on shame, vulnerability, blame, guilt, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, she's talking in here, and and it's a cute clip because she tells her own personal story where she's mad at her husband, whose name is Steve, because Steve has done something that's kind of, Rocked her world a little bit So we'll, we'll go into there And just let her
6: explain it How many of you are blamers? How many of you When something goes wrong The first thing you want to know Is whose fault it is So this is a couple years ago When I first realized The magnitude to which I blame I'm in my house I have on white slacks And a pink sweater set And I'm drinking a cup of coffee In my kitchen It's a full cup of coffee I drop it on the tile floor It goes into a million pieces Splashes up all over me And the first, I mean, a millisecond after it hit the floor, right out of my mouth, is this. Steve, who is my husband. (laughs) Because let me tell you how fast this works for me. (laughs) So Steve plays water polo with a group of friends. And the night before, he went to go play water polo. And I said, hey, make sure you come back at 10, because, you know, I can never fall asleep into your home. And he got back, like, at 10.30. And so I went to bed a little bit later than I thought. Ergo, my second cup of coffee that I probably would not be having had he come home when we discussed. Therefore, Steve calls, caller ID. I'm like, hey. He's like, hey, what's going on, babe? <laughs> what's going on? Um, so I'll tell you exactly what's going on. <laughs> I'm cleaning up the coffee that spilled all... Like dial tone. (laughs) Because he knows. How many of you go to that place when something bad happens, the first thing you want to know is whose fault is it? I'd rather it be my fault than no one's fault. Because why? Why? Because it gives us some semblance of control. But here, if you enjoy blaming, this is where you should stick your fingers in your ear and do the no, 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 no thing because I'm getting ready to ruin it for you. Because here's what we know from the research. Blame is simply the discharging of discomfort and pain. It has an inverse relationship with accountability. Accountability, by definition, is a vulnerable process. It means me calling you and saying, hey, my feelings were really hurt about this, and talking, it's not blaming. Blaming is simply a way that we discharge anger. People who blame a lot seldom have the tenacity and grit to actually hold people accountable because we expend all of our energy raging for 15 seconds and figuring out whose fault something is. And blaming is very corrosive in relationships, and it's one of the reasons we miss our opportunities for empathy. Because when something happens and we're hearing a story, we're not really listening. We're in the place where I was, making the connections as quickly as we can about whose fault something was.
2: Well, wow, there's so much in there
3: you know that some fly swats
2: something you know some
3: electrocutions
2: i just i heard water polo i think it's marco <laughs> polo i've played that yeah, <laughs> i don't think i've ever played close. water. It, it's it's really close. close. i thought it might be close but you know this whole aspect of pain you know that it's the discharge of pain you know how how would you rephrase that for someone that well didn't quite pick up what she was saying
3: so for me I picked up on the rage part the discharging of blame usually looks like rage in my life if if I'm discharging my pain that someone I'm feeling maybe it's Robbie's fault maybe it's not Robbie's fault but the rage that comes out is usually me trying to grab control again and discharging and letting you know the, the pain is coming out in the form of rage. Um, Rage for me is always about getting control back. That's what I've learned is when I feel out of control, I've got to do something to get control back. And if, you know, if it's kindness and gentleness, okay, but that takes time. Rage almost works immediately. As soon as you start raging, people go whoa, 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 what, what's going on? And now I have control because now I can go. Well, let me tell you what's going on, Robbie. You hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that is that discharge. I don't like the feeling of pain. I don't like the feeling of being vulnerable and going. Okay, I'm gonna need to talk to Robbie about this. Um, how am I gonna do that? I don't like having to take the time to go to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus how do you want me to talk to Robbie about this? And rage just shortcuts all of that. Blame shortcuts all of that and just goes right to the, so that I'll have to, I can stop feeling the pain because if I can just blame him real fast, maybe he'll go, oh, I'm sorry, and take the blame and ask for my forgiveness and then we can move on.
2: Yeah, it's not a not a microwave version of it though. It's not something that you're doing instead of, you're losing critical parts, which we'll come back and talk about But in the break, while you listen to this next couple commercials, go to MasculineJourney.org. Register for the boot camp. It's in July, coming up the 16th through the 19th. Go register now. MasculineJourney.org.
1: Our friends at MyPillow have changed over production to make masks for hospitals, but they still have plenty of products. So right now, Truth listeners can buy one, get one free on most products. Pillows, Giza, bedsheets, towels, even neck pillows. If you get two of those, you'll be neck and neck. (laughs) Go to the radio listeners page and use the promo code CARGUY. Call 800-943-7096. Order Mike Lindell's book and get free shipping plus a $25 gift card for your next purchase. Use the promo code CARGUY at MyPillow.com.
3: Darren Kuhn with the Masculine Journey Radio Show. I want to ask you to consider coming to a boot camp. Meet our band of brothers. Meet the Masculine Journey Radio team. But more importantly, meet God there. Hear the message. Experience the message that has changed hundreds of men's lives. Changed their marriages. Changed the way they walk with God. Hey, can you guys cease fire for a
1: second? I'm trying to do a promo here. Coming July 17th through the 19th. Register now at MasculineJourney.org.
0: I never did anything you did not make me do. That's why I can't believe you're telling me we're through. I sacrificed everything; it was the least that I could do. But now I'm paying the tab and blaming it
2: all on you and our codependent love. <laughs> Well, Jim, I'll come to you here in just a minute and talk about that, uh, that that particular thing. I actually like the song. You guys are giving Jim a hard time. I actually <laughs> actually liked it, but I only heard 30 seconds of it, so that could be part of it. But, uh, Robbie, I want to go ahead and come to you and kind of have you kind of build on where we just left off, you know, because you did some interesting studying on mourning and pain and blame and Hebrew yeah, and all the I, stuff I, you do. I did, and it
1: was a show I heard on the Truth Network. Hope for the Caregiver. He was talking about how we take this raging, what, what, what you know, Darren just described in order to try to control things, rather than mourning, which Jesus promised. You know, blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted. And so here you have this injustice, whatever it may be, and there's plenty of injustice to go around right this minute, and you have an opportunity. I can blame somebody for that or if you look at mourning in the hebrew it has everything to do with getting support and support and support from jesus but also support from your brothers and sisters saying i need your help because i need to face the pain door in other words there's a there's door there's pain behind door number one and will you choose to open that and will you choose to face it in order to do that going to require support jesus is going to support me are my brothers going to support me because i see you know i, I never even really understood this principle i've just been studying it this week and i thought about it wow when i see darren raging i can go oh hurt people hurt people he's hurting how can i come alongside my brother and help him mourn the injustice that he's that he's obviously in in the middle of working through and so it's a solution that I really had not seen until just re- here recently. But inside that word to mourn is the idea of gathering support to face, to be in the presence of that pain so that you can be comforted through it. And once you, once you do, there's a, a realistic solution rather than me yelling at my mother-in-law, which, I, you know, is one of my... <laughs> Uh, it's really insightful for me to go wait a minute i'm mourning my wife's relationship with her mother i'm mourning her as she gets older the the problem she she that comes with old age is where i should be instead i want to grab control of it and so i scream at her
2: well it's kind of hard you know the the enemy likes to take the blame so let's say someone is raging right so someone's raging and so the natural reaction is not what feels like a natural reaction is not to say, hey, how can I come alongside them as they're like beating the snot out of me right now? No, I want to turn yes. out and blame uh, them for some stuff. How far away
0: from them can I get? Yeah,
2: and, and how the can the I, I blame Naturally. them, right? Because if they weren't acting the way they were, I wouldn't have to retreat or I wouldn't have to engage or I wouldn't have to do whatever I'm doing, justifying my behavior based upon what they were doing. And so, Jim, the song, will you tell us a little bit about the song, and we'll get back to the topic? But, you know, that's a good song.
0: I liked it. And, and listening to the whole thing is just outrageously funny and real at the same time. Bob Bennett is a wonderful musician nobody's heard of, and he introduces himself that way. But he wrote this in the midst of the pain from his first wife leaving him, and It uh, it's got a great line. Shortly after that, that you know, he's got six feet worth of books to tell him what went wrong, and how did we get along before we knew all this stuff? Mm -hmm. And the way we got along was addressing things. And while Darren is a a rager, and we're both brilliant and godly men that we should be emulated (laughs) by everyone that meets (laughs) us, I'm the opposite. Growing up, for me, any show of anger was a defeat. It was seen as, you know, well, if you get angry, then you don't have a good solution to it. So I went the opposite way. And I have to do whatever it takes to blame others because I want you to see me as the wonderful person that I am and love me. And if you don't, something's wrong with you. So the... The thing about the rage and well, and all of the topics we've had, the only one that gives you any chance of getting better is guilt. But if you have shame, then I'm broken, I can't be fixed, so why bother? If you have blame, it's you're broken. I don't need fixing. I'm good. Yeah.
2: Or or that blame can be internalized, which, which we'll talk about. Which gets you here, back to shame. Which gets you back to shame. <laughs> And the enemy knows that it works, and that's why he does it. And the reason that it works, like everything that he does, there's an element to truth to it. There's a maybe a small, little, small nugget, but if it was completely out of nowhere, it wouldn't work, typically. It's because there's some truth to it. You know, when I blame somebody, I'm feeling that there's some truth on my side. You know, I always think there's a lot more truth than what there probably is, But there's usually some element that the enemy's building on, and that's what makes it have the power that it has. Now, scripturally, we have blaming that happens very early in the Bible, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like early as the garden, so to speak, right? Yeah, and
3: it's the perfect blame, too. I mean, you know, it's... It's that woman you gave me. It's her fault. Um, and, you know, we, and pretty much you can just take that and go, well, it's that friend that you gave me. It's his fault. It's that car you gave me. It, it's that job you gave me. It's that boss you gave me. It's that child you gave me. Oh. It's, yeah, it's, it, it's the locust. There was a flood. My tux didn't come back from the cleaners. I love you, baby. It wasn't my fault. And, and so all of that being said, um, blame allows us to no longer focus on us it it puts the focus on somebody else and then allows us to go ah and that's not my problem so i don't have to worry about it anymore and that's a lie
2: yeah you know in that that story of adam and eve you know yeah he's there's two pieces of blame going on there Mm
4: -hmm.
2: you know he's blaming eve but he's blaming god Mm -hmm. for giving him eve yeah which actually gets us to a clip about blaming God. And so we're going to play this from Bruce Almighty. It's one of our favorite clips to play, but it's about uh, the bird in the bush and uh, Bruce Almighty is not happy with God and he thinks he's got it out for him. So let's just listen to this exchange and come back and talk about it.
3: Well, thank
4: God you're all right. God, yeah, let's thank God, shall we? For his blessings are raining down upon me. Wait, that's not rain! Bruce, please don't do that, honey. You know that everything happens for a reason. That I don't need. That is a cliche. That is not helpful to me. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I have no bird. I have no bush. God has taken my bird in my bush. Oh, I see. So, So God is picking on you? Is that what you're saying? No, he's ignoring me completely. He's far too busy giving Evan everything he wants. Oh, that's great, Sam. But you missed your target. I'm over here. Don't get mad at the dog. It's not the dog's fault. No, it's God's fault. I gave him the wrong coordinates. All right, you know what, enough. All right, will you just stop being such a martyr? I am not being a martyr. I'm a victim. God is a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass, and I'm the ant. He could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to, but he'd rather burn off my feelers and watch me squirm. All right, sweetheart,
3: I know that you're mad. It's completely understandable. What Evan did is slimy
4: and wrong, but this day could have been so much worse. I'm just glad you're okay. Okay? Newsflash. I'm not okay. I'm not okay with a mediocre job. I'm not okay with a mediocre apartment. I'm not okay with a mediocre life.
2: Well, that's the enemy's goal, is to drive us away from God, right? And so he may not be as overtly as as we see with, with Bruce Almighty there, but we get there sometimes. You know, it may start with we're blaming the other person, but his whole intent is to try to get us to include God in the mix some way. You know, I think back to um, when I was married and and a lot of blame that uh, my wife could have had on me very easily and how much blame I had on her, you know, and and while I focused on that blame, it kept me in a very hurt, uh, disruptive place, right? And then it became, well, God, you said this was going to be okay and it's not okay, right? We didn't tell me what okay was. (laughs) That was my fault. I assumed what okay was. But no, and it became mad at God, you know, and and at some point blaming God, well, God, you told me to hang in there. You told me this, you told me that, you know, why stay stuck in that part of blame? It keeps me from getting to the place of healing and restoration that my heart needs. And when I could finally start to let go of some of that stuff, And say, okay, God, I know that wasn't your heart. I know you wanted these things to work out just like I did, right? I know that she probably wanted things to work out, but something got in the way. So all I can really do at this point is say, where did I go wrong? What did I do? And then that's where the healing, the restoration, and the life comes back.
1: Yeah, I remember when the three of us went completely crosswise. Well, it was actually me and Sam versus Darren. (laughs) Well, he's a rager, so it takes, us, it takes two of us. <laughs>
2: but,
1: yeah, and he was raging. I can tell you, we were all raging. Yeah, we were. And I, I'm fully capable of raging, as Darren would testify to, I'm sure. But I remember completely and vividly how it was so easy to blame Darren or blame Al. Or we could blame, well, there's a lot of people we could blame. We could blame anybody. But then once we decided to really mourn what happened and face that door of pain, it was intensely painful. Yeah, it was. I mean, those first few breakfasts, you know, with Darren, you know, and I don't know, why does it always happen over breakfast? Because <laughs> <laughs> after 8 a.m. we can't stand each other. Because after 8 a.m. we can't stand Okay, that, but you know what I'm saying? when you When yeah. we faced and we walked into the pain of that, then God came to the rescue, um, and and actually stepped in and provided the support, you know, that we needed in order to get the healing and and actually the unity that we now I feel more than we ever had,
2: and definitely to a stronger foundation than what we've ever had in the past. And I really want us to talk a lot more about that in the after hours show. We've got about a minute left in this mm-hmm. show. But Darren, based on what Robbie was saying, what would you like to share?
3: Well, it was all Robbie's fault. And That's what I And when too. he finally came around, <laughs> you know, I mean, everything was great then. But no, we, we do need to talk about it in the after hours. But in the meantime, man, we want you to come to a boot camp. It's, it's the Masculine Journey Boot Camp, but it might be the Masked Journey Boot Camp. You might need to wear a mask. You might not. Mm-hmm. It's up to you
2: come, it's it's july 16th through 19th go to masculinejourney.org to register we're going to take all the safety precautions we're going to have social distancing you're going to be able to have your own room yes you'll have to share a bathroom we'll figure all that out but it's going to be a very safe environment the safest we can make it in this current environment so please come join us i know god's got some amazing things that he wants to do with you there and we can't wait to see you masculinejourney.org and tune into the after hours show